your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 553 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, a really fun episode planned for you guys. What we're going to do is basically just take a look at the eight uh, non-playoff Eastern Conference teams and try to come up with one trade target for each team. Now, obviously, the Rangers aren't going to end up making a trade with all eight of these teams, but I thought this would be kind of a fun exercise just to kind of survey the landscape in the Eastern Conference and see if the Rangers, uh, you know, can maybe strike a deal with one or, or two of these teams and just kind of see what happens. But like I said, for today, we're going to be identifying who I think is the best player to target for the Rangers from each of these eight Eastern Conference teams. And of course, we'll save the Western Conference for a separate episode. Thought about doing them all in one episode, but that would be really rushed, and uh, we don't want that. So a couple of ground rules first. Uh, This is not necessarily the player that is most realistic for the Rangers to acquire via a trade. This is the player that I personally would like to see the Rangers target from each team. Again, not necessarily the most realistic player. In some cases, it will be the most realistic player, but this is my favorite personal trade target from each Eastern Conference team, and I'm going to be reasonable about it. I'm not going to come on here and say that, you know, the Rangers should try to trade for, you know, Lucas Raymond from the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, that's not going to happen. We're going to keep this uh, in the realm of possibility And uh, there might be one or two bold picks, but everything on here, I think, is at least uh, very realistic or at least somewhat realistic. And again, I I think that the Rangers' biggest need is at right wing and to a lesser extent center, but we'll also, you know, take into consideration the fact that other teams might not have a center or a right wing readily available. In some cases, they might have a defenseman who's ripe for the taking or maybe even a goalie. We'll see what happens here. Like I said, just going to go team by team, and we're going to start with the Metro division. And basically what we'll do is work our way from the bottom of the Metro up to fifth place in the Metro. And look, obviously, by the very simple fact that the Rangers play in the Metro, I think that a deal with these four teams that I'm about to talk about are probably not as likely as, you know, different teams around the league. But be that as it may, I don't think it's impossible that the Rangers would strike a trade with one of their uh, fellow Metro teams. And with that said, let's go ahead and kind of kick off the countdown here. We're going to start with the Philadelphia Flyers because they are dead last in the Metro. They are a complete mess. We saw AV get fired earlier this season. It's one of those teams that hasn't really been able to decide whether to go for it or to rebuild. And this is where it gets you. The Flyers are just a complete mess right now. And... They have a lot of impending unrestricted free agents. That's the good news if you're a Flyers fan because, you know, there's a lot of guys that they could ship away at the deadline. I mean, Claude Giroux, Derek Broussard, Gerald Mayhew, all UFAs at forward, and then basically all their defensemen are impending UFAs. You got guys like Rasmus Ristolainen, Justin Braun, Keith Yandel, Kevin Connaughton, and Nick Sealer. So there's quite a few. As far as who the Rangers should target, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the guy that we've talked about uh, quite a bit on here. And that's Claude Giroux. I mean, he's someone that, you know, I think could obviously really help the Rangers. I still do think it's pretty unlikely that the Rangers and the Flyers would shake hands on a deal like this. 
and even more so from the Rangers' perspective. Because if you're the Flyers and you trade Claude Giroux to the Rangers, that's going to sting a little bit. But in all likelihood, Claude Giroux is not going to re-sign with the Rangers when this season ends. So he'd only be here for you know the last handful of games of the regular season and then also however many games that the Rangers play in the playoffs. But if you're the Rangers and you send the Flyers, you know, a first-round draft pick and an exciting young prospect like Zach Jones and all this comes back to bite you, I mean, this this is a kind of trade that can haunt you for a decade or more, you know, depending on what the Flyers do with a draft pick that they acquire from the Rangers, depending on how good of a player somebody like Zach Jones uh, were to become with the Philadelphia Flyers. And the only way it would really pay off for the Rangers is if they won the Stanley Cup this season, which obviously that would pay off in a massive way. But again, I'm very skeptical that uh, the Flyers would send their captain to the Rangers, but it is fun to think about what that second line could look like. I've talked about how, you know, Dryden Hunt is on the second line right now, and it's nothing against him, but he is clearly miscast as a second line right winger. If you acquire Claude Giroux, I mean, think about that second line now. You've got maybe Claude Giroux centering Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. You know, you can move Strom over to the right wing, and it's kind of two birds with one stone. The Rangers get better at center with the acquisition of Giroux, and then Strom moves over to the right wing, and they get better at that position too. You could maybe drop Ryan Strom down in the lineup to spread out the scoring a little bit, but I don't know that I would do that and separate him from Artemi Panarin. But the bottom line, acquiring somebody like Claude Giroux, a player of his caliber, would certainly give you a lot more options if you're the Rangers, or probably any team in hockey, really. Giroux does have a full no-move clause, so that would kind of complicate any potential deal, whether it's with the Rangers or anybody else. I'm not so sure how Giroux would feel about playing for the Rangers, who he's conditioned to not like over the years. I mean, he's been with the Flyers since 2007-2008, so we'll see uh, if he were to give a thumbs up to a trade that involves the Rangers. It still feels like a little bit of a long shot, but somebody that I think the Rangers should at least do their due diligence on, at least give some serious consideration, try to put together a competitive offer for Claude Giroux, even if he is just a rental. Don't overdo it. Don't sell the farm just to rent Claude Giroux for half of a season. But I think, again, you know, this is uh, one of the better overall players that I'm going to share on this list here today and somebody that uh, obviously would bolster the Rangers' chances come playoff time. Obviously, uh, that second line of Giroux, Panarin, and Strom would be somewhat undersized, but, you know, considering how many goals they might be able to put up together, I think it's probably still worth it. Uh, also, I just want to mention, can I get away with a Derek Broussard honorable mention here? Just as kind of like a fallback plan. I know that there aren't a lot of Ranger fans who are going to get all that excited about bringing Derek Broussard, but the way I see it, Broussard is a veteran. He's played in New York before. He'd be a rental. He's got 12 points in 25 games this season. It's not an enormous amount, but it's more than basically everybody else that's currently playing on the Ranger third line. And we've heard rumors about how Philip Heedle could end up being traded. If Heedle gets moved by the Rangers in a deal opposite from this one, you know, the Rangers acquiring Broussard, then, I mean, who says no to Derek Broussard stepping back onto the third line for half of a season and, you know, giving the Rangers a little bit of veteran stability there? It's it's an idea. Um, again, there's, there's better targets for the Rangers than Derek Broussard at this stage in the game, but I had to at least throw him out there. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you guys know that I'm a big Derek Broussard fan. Uh, but we got to move on here. We will turn our attention to the New Jersey Devils in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports, betting needs, and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source 
for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Moving right along to the Devils here, they are 21-31-5, second to last in the Metro Division. And unlike the Flyers, who have some pieces that definitely interest me as a Ranger fan, the Devils really have next to nothing, especially if you're just looking exclusively at impending unrestricted free agents and guys that would be rentals for the Rangers. The only impending UFAs for the New Jersey Devils are Jimmy Vesey, P.K. Subban, Mason Geertsen, and John Gillies. So forgive me if I'm not exactly jumping out of my chair and, you know, pounding my fist on the table and saying that the Rangers need to bring in one of these guys. I'll be honest, I have absolutely zero interest in any of those players for varying reasons, obviously. But, you know, this makes me think that if the Rangers are going to do a deal with the Devils, which to begin with is unlikely because they are in the same division, but for the purposes of this exercise, we'll just kind of roll with it and try to find somebody. I think if the Rangers are going to do a deal with the Devils which sounds kind of ominous saying that out loud. But if it's going to happen, I think you have to look uh, beyond just the rental players. Now, overall, I think the Rangers should mostly be targeting guys that are strictly rentals at this deadline. And for anybody who might be new to hockey, uh, rental basically just means uh, you trade for a player who is an impending unrestricted free agent and will very likely not re-sign with your team next season. Just wanted to kind of make that clear. But to look beyond the impending UFAs on the Devils, which is something that I think you have to do, because I don't know why, if you're the Rangers, you would be interested in any of those players that I just mentioned. Somebody who kind of stands out to me, and I'm not sure how likely this is. I'm not sure that the Devils would try to move this guy, but I'm going to go with Ryan Graves, a defenseman. He's 26 years old. He can play the left side or the right side, so that's a bonus in and of itself. And as far as his contract is concerned, he is under contract next season for $3.166 million. As some of you might remember, Graves was actually drafted by the Rangers all the way back in 2013, going in the fourth round, number 110 overall. Played with the Wolfpack, but never played with the Rangers. Ended up in a top pair role after the Rangers traded him to the Colorado Avalanche for Chris Begris. So I suppose uh, that never really worked out for the Rangers because Begris never actually played for the Rangers either. And Ryan Graves has become a very good defenseman in this league. But Graves got to play with Kale McCarr for quite a bit in Colorado. And then he was traded to the Devils, not because the Avalanche didn't want him, but because they didn't have any way of protecting him in the upcoming expansion draft. So he was dealt to the Devils in exchange for... Mikhail Maltsev and a second round draft pick. But Graves is just a good all around player. He's been in a top four role with the Devils this season, playing alongside Dougie Hamilton for the most part. He can kill penalties. I think he would be an upgrade on Patrick Nemeth. Now, to do this deal, I would think you'd probably have to send Patrick Nemeth away from the Rangers in some other trade, you know, to some other team, maybe in something of a salary dump situation. But the reason why I like this move and I'd at least be open to it, and again, you know, Rangers and Devils striking a trade seems unrealistic, but we're going to roll with it. Ryan Graves, for the most part in his career, has been a top four defenseman. I just mentioned that, you know, he shared the ice with Kale McCarr in Colorado. Uh, one of those seasons with the Avalanche, he actually led the NHL with a plus 40 rating. And again, plus minus is a flawed stat, but it's still very eye-opening when you lead the league in any stat. And, you know, obviously Graves led the league in plus minus that year. But 
The reason I'm open to this move, even though I've been kind of lukewarm to trading for a defense, is I think Graves represents enough of an upgrade over Patrick Nemeth that this could actually be worth it. And on top of that, Graves is only under contract for one more season, whereas Nemeth is under contract for two more seasons. And I don't think you're going to need either one of these guys past next season, simply because these young Ranger defense, and you know the list, I mean, Braden Schneider, Zach Jones, uh, Nils Lundqvist, Tarmo Reunion, and guys in the minors that they seem to be pretty high on. These guys are coming along pretty nicely. So I don't think the Rangers are going to need a veteran defenseman on the third line, or the third pairing rather, past this upcoming season. And so if you can get Graves, who becomes a free agent after next season, rather than hang on to Nemeth, who is not going to be a UFA until after the season after next season, then I think it makes sense from that perspective as well. But I like Graves. Again, he just has a good all-around game. And I think if you're the Rangers, obviously that third pairing has been, uh, you know, kind of uh, up and down this season. They've had a bit of a revolving door, a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. And I think Ryan Graves can come in and kind of stabilize it a little bit. Graves and Schneider would be a really fun pairing. So uh, just an idea. And again, I'm not so sure how keen the Devils would be on trading Graves at all, much less to a division rival. But again, they don't have a lot of uh, impactful, impending, unrestricted free agents. And so if the Devils really want to kind of, uh, you know, improve their team, stockpile some draft picks, stockpile some prospects, then the best way to do that is they're going to have to look beyond just the UFAs this season and think about moving guys that are still under contract for seasons to come here. I don't think the Devils are going to win the Stanley Cup next year. So I think by that logic, they'd at least be open to moving Graves if the price is right. We'll go ahead and move right along to the New York Islanders, one of the most disappointing teams in the NHL. They are 21, 24, and 8, and in sixth place in the Metro Division. And again, a deal between the Rangers and Islanders does not seem likely at all, but I want to throw out at least a couple of names here. And I would say, looking at this, I pretty quickly narrowed it down to either 37-year-old left winger Zach Parise or 39-year-old right and left defenseman Andy Green. Both of these guys are impending unrestricted free agents. Both would give you another veteran, guys that have obviously been to the playoffs a good amount of times throughout their career. And, you know, I'll actually throw in one more name here, and it's somebody that I was thinking maybe the Rangers can make a play for uh, this offseason, but that is Cal Clutterbuck, 34-year-old right winger. Clutterbuck is also an impending unrestricted free agent. But with Clutterbuck, I'm not really feeling it. I mean, I know we like size and toughness and all that, but he would become pretty redundant on this Ranger team. They have a lot of grinders, a lot of thumpers in the bottom six already. Clutterbuck's obviously not going to give you much offensively. I'm going to rule him out. There might be certain Ranger fans that would like to add a Cal Clutterbuck, but again, I think there's just too much redundancy there. Um, but again, you know, it's Rangers-Islanders, so to begin with, a trade is not all that likely, and it's not like the Islanders are going to tear everything down and rebuild. I would imagine they still like their core, you know, guys like Matt Barzell and Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Anthony Bavillier. It's not like one of those players are going to get traded to the Rangers. That certainly isn't going to happen. They're all locked up long-term and all making pretty substantial amounts. But if I'm going to go ahead and make my decision here between Parise and Green, I'm going to say Zach Parise, and I realize it's not the most exciting pick. He is very clearly on the back nine of his career. He's only got 23 points in 53 games this season. He only had 18 points in 45 games last season. But if nothing else, he does have playoff experience. He actually captained the Devils to the finals before they lost the Kings. He's also had a pretty good amount of success in the playoffs. He's got 80 points in 105 career Stanley Cup playoff games. And the only other realistic choice with the Islanders here as far as a potential trade piece would, again, probably be Andy Green, but he's 39 years old. I mean, his 
Is Green even an upgrade on Patrick Nemeth at this point? I'm not so sure that he is. So the way I look at it, why even bother? It's kind of by default here that I'm going with Zach Parise. As you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I'm not exactly over the moon about this idea. And again, I don't think it's something that's going to happen just because the Rangers and Islanders probably will not, uh, you know, strike a trade. But as a rental, a fairly low-cost rental, I would imagine, Zach Parise could maybe step in and, uh, you know, solidify the third line a little bit. Maybe turn back the clock a little bit. Maybe get geared up for one last big-time opportunity at a Stanley Cup because he's never won a Stanley Cup. He got to the finals the one year with the Devils when they lost to the Kings. But maybe he comes in and, again, gives you some veteran leadership and just kind of empties the tank, so to speak, for this playoff run for the New York Rangers. So Barize would be my guy uh, if we're dealing with the Islanders. We now move right along to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are 28, 26, and 3. They are in fifth place in the Metro Division and 12 points behind the Washington Capitals for the final playoff spot. The Jackets would actually right now be the first team out of the playoffs if the regular season were to end right now. Uh, that said, I, I guess they're theoretically still in striking distance. Never say never. Uh, maybe if they make up some ground on the caps, they won't look to be sellers at all. But I, I think, you know, 12 points out of the playoffs and not really looking like a Stanley Cup contender. I got to believe the Blue Jackets would be open for business. And looking at their roster, there is immediately one name that just absolutely jumps off the page to me, and that's Max Domi. This is a player I've been meaning to talk about for quite some time on here, just haven't quite gotten around to it yet. We've done, obviously, a couple of trade deadline spotlight episodes, but I'm glad we're finally getting an opportunity to talk about Max Domi here. For starters, something that I absolutely love, whether it's Max Domi or any other player that fits this description, is the very simple fact that he can play all three forward positions. That gives you, obviously, a lot of flexibility. Uh, Domi this season has skated in 47 games. He's racked up nine goals and 19 assists. He is an even plus minus on the season. Uh, he has not played a ton of center this season. In fact, he's only taken 20 draws. He's won 10 of them. For his career, he's at 46.5%, but I'm not too worried about Domi not being a great face-off guy because I don't think the Rangers will put him at center anyway. I think he'd probably slide into one of the wing spots on the third line for the Rangers. Probably the right wing, but uh, again, it's obviously very nice to have that versatility. And look, I realize he has not produced a staggering amount of offense the past couple of seasons. I already gave you his numbers for this year. 28 total points in 47 games. Uh, last year, he only had 24 points in 54 games. The season before that, he was with Montreal. He had 44 points in 71 games. And the year before that, his first season with Montreal, in fact, he basically just went off. He had 28 goals and 44 assists for a total of 72 points in 82 games. He was looking every bit the part of a breakout star, but he just has not been able to stay at that level the last couple of seasons here, the last three seasons, in fact. So, uh, he has not produced like a star player like he did that one year with the Canadians. But with all that said, I definitely have some interest in Max Domi. The way I look at it, he is producing points at a higher clip than anybody else that's currently penciled into the third line on the New York Rangers. And I don't think you'd have to break the bank to get him because as we just mentioned, he is not having a superstar-esque season and it would just be a rental. I'm very hopeful that if Domi were to join the Rangers, maybe he's a little bit reinvigorated by the chance to play for a team that's definitely looking like it's going to go to the playoffs and a team that you know could potentially uh, contend for a Stanley Cup. I will say that that one season where he had 72 points in 82 games with the Canadians, that is certainly looking like the exception rather than the rule. But be that as it may, I think in a worst-case scenario, if the Rangers bring in Max Domi, he will certainly bolster the third line. That is an absolute worst-case scenario. I can't imagine that he's not going to give you more than most of the guys that are currently on the third line are giving you. 
And in a best case scenario, look, I honestly believe that there could be some sneaky upside here. You know, maybe there's a situation where the Rangers can somehow unlock that ability. Those flashes that we saw that one season in Montreal and flashes that he's really had throughout his entire career. You know, we've always talked about how Gallant gets the best out of his players. And Domi is a former first round draft pick. And again, there's always been flashes. He but he should struggle with the consistency. And so I like Domi uh, for somebody who, again, I haven't really talked about a whole lot on this podcast. I got to say, he's very steadily climbing my wish list here, uh, at least a little bit. He'd be a rental. And again, somebody with a decently safe floor, he will improve your third line. He will give you some additional secondary scoring. And I think there's at least a somewhat sneaky ceiling with Max Domi. And that goes doubly true if he ends up playing the right wing spot on the second line alongside Ryan Stroman, Artemi Panarin. You might think the Rangers have to aim higher than somebody like Max Domi in that spot. But if he gets a chance to play with them, I, I think he could really take off. So Domi, again, very steadily climbing my wish list here. We're going to get to the Atlantic Division in just a second. All right, moving right along to the Atlantic Division here. We're going to start with the last place Montreal Canadiens. They were in the Stanley Cup Finals last season and are absolutely terrible this season, although they are playing a little bit better for former Locked On New York Rangers guest Marty St. Louis. So good for them, and obviously very happy for Marty that his coaching tenure is getting off to a pretty good start there. But the Canadians are sellers. Nothing is obviously going to change that at this point in the season. And looking at their roster... I'm going to go with Ben Sherratt. Sherratt's name comes up every now and then uh, when it comes to potential Ranger trade targets. He is a 30-year-old defenseman. He can play the right side or the left side. He is skated in 51 games this year, seven goals and nine assists. He's a minus 19, although that's certainly the product of playing on a terrible team. He averages 23 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time, also has 106 hits and 83 block shots. Just a hard-nosed defenseman and somebody that's not going to have any shortage of callers, you know, come trade deadline time. He certainly is going to be traded, might be a little bit of a bidding war, and for that reason, I could see the Rangers maybe backing out a little bit just because the Rangers have some great defensemen. I, I do have to keep mentioning that, and I don't think that they should break the bank and, you know, sell the farm for somebody that's just going to be a rental and in all likelihood, probably play on the third pairing. So we'll see what happens. But I, there is a lot to like about Sherratt. Like I said, uh, an old school kind of gritty player. He plays on the top pairing with Montreal. So, I mean, what a luxury that would be. Somebody that's on the top pairing on his current team could come to the Rangers and maybe be on the third pairing, which would be pretty crazy. But big guy, you know, obviously built for playoff hockey. Played very well during the Habs run to the Stanley Cup Finals last season. But yeah, he goes six foot three. 234 pounds. We all know how physical the playoffs can be. I've also mentioned that if the Rangers do make a deal for a defenseman, and I'm going to come back to this right now, then I would like the other team to take Patrick Nemeth as part of the deal. Now, obviously, the Canadians are not going to trade us Ben Sherratt for Patrick Nemeth straight up. That would make absolutely zero sense from their perspective. But if the Raiders include a draft pick and a prospect for Ben Sherratt and then also ask the Canadians to take Patrick Nemeth, I think something like that could potentially work. It, it's kind of reminiscent of the trade where the Rangers sent Mark Stahl to the Detroit Red Wings. That was a little bit more ridiculous because uh, the Rangers basically just gave the Red Wings a second-round draft pick and said, here, take Mark Stahl off of our hands so that we don't have to pay him. Uh, this wouldn't be quite that dramatic. But again, in most deals where the Rangers acquire a defenseman, I'd like to see them uh, shed Patrick Nemeth and, more specifically, his contract, You know, given the fact that he still is under contract for another two seasons. And it's not me hating on Nemeth. It's just me being practical and trying to you know, open up the door for some young Ranger defenseman come next season. And that's not going to happen if Patrick Nemeth is still there or it becomes more complicated at the very least. But again, you know, Sherrod, like we just mentioned, part of the 
Montreal Canadiens' improbable run to the Stanley Cup Finals last season. He has played in 56 career Stanley Cup playoff games. It's not a crazy amount, but it's certainly more than most players on the New York Rangers. So I like him. I also considered Arturi Lekkanen as far as a potential trade piece from the Canadians, but I don't know. I mean, looking at his career numbers, nothing really jumps off the page for me. And I'm not even sure he would give you that much of an upgrade as far as the third line is concerned. I mean, he's basically giving you Filipino levels of production. He's never in his career been a half point per game player. So you're not really feeling lucky. And I know he's come up a little bit in trade talk with the Rangers, but with the Canadians, Ben Chirot is certainly my top choice. We move along to the Buffalo Sabres. They are 18-32-8, second to last in the Atlantic Division. And, you know, I'm looking at their roster, and I got to be honest, guys, nobody is really grabbing my attention at all. The first players that I look for, whether it's the Sabres or anybody else, are players on expiring contracts, and then I kind of dig a little deeper after that. But as far as guys on expiring contracts, I mean, Cody Eakin, John Hayden. I mean, does anybody really get excited about names like this? So I thought for this one, I wanted to have at least one uh, completely out of left field idea for this list. You know, something that's kind of against the grain and not a name that, you know, you can see uh, coming up that often as far as trade talks are concerned. You know, looking at different, you know, people in hockey media and reading articles and looking at all these, you know, trade bait lists. Here's a name that I'm going to throw out there that I haven't seen really anywhere. It's going to be Kyle Ocposo. And I will say, first of all, that I gave some consideration to Robert Hag, who is a defenseman. But again, I want to go a little bit off the wall for at least one of these picks. And Robert Hag is just another, uh, you know, bottom pairing type defenseman. But with Kyle Ocposo, you'd be acquiring a 33-year-old right winger. And I got to say, I would be all about this move if Ocposo was an impending unrestricted free agent and if the Rangers could have him exclusively as a rental. Unfortunately, Ocposo is still under contract for next season, and he carries a cap hit of $6 million, which is not cheap. But listen, we all know the Rangers need some help at right wing, right? They need some secondary scoring. This is two birds with one stone. Kyle Ocposo is the definition of a secondary scoring type player. In 887 career games, he's got 552 points. It's not jaw-dropping, but it's very, very steady, very, very consistent. I mean, he's like a second-line, third-line swingman type of a player, putting up numbers like that. Uh, again, I don't know how realistic this is. I haven't really heard Kyle Ocposo's name coming up in any trade talks. On top of that, Ocposo has a full no-trade clause. I would imagine he would waive it because why would you not? I mean, you've got a chance to go to a team that could contend for a Stanley Cup. But again, I think the biggest reason why you would not want to do this if you're the Rangers is that you could very well be stuck with Ocposo for next season and you know have to uh, deal with his $6 million price tag, and I just don't think that he's worth that much money at this point in his career. I will say, I think it's at least possible, you know, if the Rangers were to trade for Ocposo, maybe they could turn around and trade him somewhere else in the offseason, but... You know, again, that could be a situation where the Rangers end up uh, basically having to give him away for nothing and maybe even include a draft pick along with him in order to take him off their hands. And of course, if Ocposo stays on the Rangers next year, then that's something that could prevent the Rangers from re-signing Ryan Strom. So again, I, I wanted to throw out something that was a little bit against the grain, but I'm kind of talking myself out of it because, you know, obviously I would like to have Ryan Strom back and I don't want Kyle Ocposo to prevent the Rangers from making that happen. Moving right along to the Ottawa Senators, they are 20-31-5, sixth place in the Atlantic Division. I came up with three names here, and then obviously I had to pick just one. But the three names I came up with were Nick Holden, Tyler Ennis, and Chris Tierney. 
And after some debate, I think I'm actually going to go with 34-year-old former New York Ranger Nick Holden. He's a big guy, 6'4", 214 pounds. That obviously translates well to playoff hockey, as we've discussed. Nick Holden is under contract next season, but it's for a cap hit of just $1.3 million, and that will also be the last year of his contract. And if there's a situation where, again, the Rangers can part ways with Patrick Nemeth and bring in somebody like Nick Holden, I think it could be worth it because... Nemeth carries a $2.5 million cap hit for next season and the one after it. So for the Rangers, if you somehow, whether it's one trade or two separate trades, if you somehow move on from Patrick Nemeth and bring in Nick Holden, then it's a way to save a little bit of money next season with a less expensive veteran defenseman in Nick Holden. And on top of that, if you guys remember, anybody who's been listening to this show for a while, we not too long ago did a special post-game crossover edition with Locked On Senators, and both of them were really high on Nick Holden. So I'm going to go ahead and take their word for it. They made it sound like he's played great for Ottawa this season. They have no reason to lie to us and overhype Nick Holden. Um, so I'll take their word for it. It sounds like uh, he's mostly been in a top four role for the Senators this season, and the Rangers would just need him to anchor uh, the bottom pairing, likely alongside Braden Schneider. I thought about Ennis and Tierney, like I said, but to me, you bring in... Tyler Ennis, or you bring in Chris Tierney, those are just lateral moves. If you bring those guys in, they're basically just going to give you what you're already getting from the players that make up the Ranger third line. Neither of those guys is really all that much of an upgrade if they're an upgrade at all, and neither of their respective track records suggests that you know they're going to see any kind of an uptick in offensive production uh, down the stretch here. So, it's an idea to bring in one of them, but again, it seems like a very lateral move, so I wouldn't give up uh, much of anything to acquire Ennis or Tierney. Frankly, I wouldn't give up much of anything to acquire Nick Holden either, but as a depth signing, and if Patrick Nemeth is on the move in some other trade, then I think you could do worse than Nick Holden as your sixth defense, and especially if the Locked on Sanders guys are to be believed and he is having a solid season in Ottawa. And finally, we come to the Detroit Red Wings. They are 24-27-6, fifth place in the Atlantic Division, 17 points out of the last playoff spot, so you got to figure they're going to be open for business. And i got to be honest here, guys, there's not really anybody that I want from this team, which surprised me because the Red Wings are having a much better season than most of the other teams that we've listed here today. But I'm looking, you know, at capfriendly.com and, okay, who are the unrestricted free agents? Who's under contract long-term? Who could they realistically part with and deal to the Rangers? And nobody is really getting me that excited. I would probably, if I had to pick somebody, I would probably go with Nick Letty. He's had a shaky season, but if you put him on the third defense pairing, maybe that kind of decreases his workload a little bit, but he's only 30 years old, and for one reason or another, just not the player that he was even a couple of years ago with the New York Islanders. You know, I thought about Vladimir His name comes up in trade talk every now and then, but there's just too many bad memories there, and honestly, he's not really having that great of a season. He hasn't really done a whole lot of anything really in his NHL career. I mean, he had inflated numbers with the Lightning that one year because he was playing with Stamkos and Kucherov, but yeah, I'm not really feeling Nemestikov either. I just assume keep rolling with guys like Philip Hedl and Julian Gauthier over Vlad Nemestikov. And then, of course, Mark Stahl. Very good chance he could be dealt. Obviously, spent a ton of time with the New York Rangers. But honestly, I'm not really interested in a reunion there either. Because if you're the Rangers, are you really going to trade a player away and then bring him back just two years after you basically had to bribe the Detroit Red Wings with a second-round pick just to take him off your hands? Yeah, I'm not really feeling that either. I mean, how many draft picks are we going to send Detroit's way first to take Mark Stahl away from us and then to give him back to us? I'm not really feeling that strategy either. So honestly, I know I'm kind of cheating a little bit. There is nobody from this Detroit Red Wings team that I want. Now, obviously, I would love to have Lucas Raymond or Dylan Larkin, but 
such trades are not realistic at all and just are simply not going to happen. But if I absolutely had to pick somebody, somebody that I think could be had at the trade deadline, I'd probably go with Nick Letty. He is only 30 years old, and there's a chance that, you know, he kind of rediscovers the magic. I mean, he would be asked to do less with the Rangers because I think for sure they would have him on the third defense pairing alongside Braden Schneider. So he'd see a decrease in ice time. Maybe that could help him a little bit. But yeah, nobody on the Detroit Red Wings that I'm really clamoring, clamoring, excuse me, for the Rangers to trade for. But we will move on to the Western Conference in a future episode, very likely sometime next week. Obviously, in our last episode for this week, we're going to break down everything that happens tonight between the Rangers and the St. Louis Blues. Definitely looking forward to that and hoping that the Rangers can uh, turn in one of their trademark bounce-back performances. But like I said, this is a ton of fun uh, You know, going through the Eastern Conference teams in today's episode. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.